Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Enter the Bible podcast, where you can get answers or at least reflections on everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Katie Langston. And I'm Catherine Schifferdecker. And today on the podcast, we are delighted to welcome our friend and colleague, Lois Malcolm, uh, who is the Olin and Amanda Fjellstad Relkstad Chair of Systematic Theology at Luther Seminary. And you can't say that more than uh, two times fast, maybe just once fast. Uh, so, Lois, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We uh, had uh, some questions we wanted to talk to you about. We'll, we'll take them one at a time. So, uh, we invite our listeners to post questions for us on the enterthebible.org uh, uh, website. Uh, and so we have two listener questions, and we thought that you would be a good person to uh, to talk to about it. We're going to do one in this podcast and one in a future podcast. So the first one uh, comes from uh, a woman in a, a Bible study circle, right? So just a small group Bible study. She says, we in our circle all agreed that growing up, we had never ever heard of eternal life as referring to the quality of life here and now. We had always understood that eternal life meant heaven. Can you tell me when this change in the teaching of the church occurred and why? So um, it's about, uh, about heaven and understandings of heaven and eternal life uh, and whether that has to do with life now or simply life after death. So, Lois, how would you how would you go about starting to address that question? Well, one of the things to think about is to actually look at what Scripture actually says about this topic. And on the one hand, it is true that the Bible talks about eternal life in terms of life after death, okay? And it, it talks about the fact that we will be united with God in Christ through Jesus. All will be all in God through Jesus. So there is a place for the teaching that you grew up with, saying that heaven is connected with eternal life, life after death. However, when you look at the major story in scripture, and when you look at the main biblical themes, this notion of God's presence, this notion of heaven is really connected with God's presence in our life. And God's presence in our life, which is connected with God's promise that God will bring about a new creation and that God will bring about harmony in nature and among human beings, okay, that that promise of what's called an eschatological future, i.e. eschatology simply means to do with God's future, okay, this promise about God's future, that promise has everything to do with how we live our lives now, okay, so that the two are connected. So one of the things that you're going to have to think about is to put on a kind of both and logic, Yes, it's about life after death, but his, it has everything to do with God's power in Jesus through the Spirit that enables us to live lives that God has called us to live, lives where we love our neighbors as ourselves and where we love God above all else. So lives of justice and mercy. And I can expand on this, Catherine and Katie, as you want me to, because this is one of my major topics, which is to talk about how God in Jesus, through the Spirit, 
creates a place in our lives for God's kingdom, which is fundamentally God's future, to take place in our lives here and now and in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels to me like, uh, and and I, I think maybe I have noticed this as well, the same sort of phenomenon that our um, that our listener writes in with this question. It, it, it feels like for a while in the church, for a long time in the church, maybe even there was almost an overemphasis on the next life part of it. And actually what ended up, what ended up happening is that when you overemphasize the next life of it, then you forget <laughs> to how much this life matters. And it's almost like, you know, in my experience, that sort of living for the next life, um, almost can sometimes when it's taken to its extreme lead to either neglect of this life or, you know, that as if justice or, you know, mercy or joy or whatever isn't as important or that God doesn't really care about that in this life because it's all going to be taken care of in the next life anyway. Uh, and that, that feels like a danger on going too much toward the, the, the next life side of it. On the other hand, you know, if you if you overcorrect on the other side, uh, then you it feels like you can get into some sort of despair and lack of you know um, uh, of understanding that this this world the kingdom is breaking in but hasn't fully come yet that heaven is is on the way but it hasn't fully arrived yet and and if you forget that that those promises are there and that those promises are sure, then when you look around at the mess that is this life and is this world, sometimes you could be like, well, what am I, you know, this is all a waste and you can kind of lead to despair. So it feels to me like holding both of those at the same time, oops, sorry, I hit my microphone, that holding both of those at the same time is actually quite important theologically and even like emotionally and spiritually and how we live relationally and, and with each other um, uh, in our day-to-day -day lives and, 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 and connect with God. Yeah. If, did you have something to say, Catherine, then I'll come in after you. Well, no, I just, just echoing Katie, the, I think the first problem is what's often called pie in the sky by and by, right? Hmm. That, that, that if eternal life is only for, or if heaven is only for life after death, then, um, then it can be used to, to, uh, kind of pacify people hmm. now, right? Like you have a bad life now, or you're experiencing injustice now, but just wait, you know, and your reward will be in heaven. Hmm. Uh, so that, I think that's one of the dangers that you're talking about, Katie, right? That the, the yeah. Pie in the sky, by and by, doesn't do much for for life now. But Lois, go uh, go ahead and re respond to that. So it seems like there's two ditches on either side that we're trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to elaborate on those two ditches. With both both of you have talked about the one ditch, the by and the the pie in the sky, by and by ditch. Okay, which is probably yeah, yeah. what the listener's question, what she grew up with. Okay, that's one ditch. Yeah. But yeah. the other ditch, which is what Katie said is the ditch of despair, or mm -hmm. another form that that ditch takes, is simply reducing the gospel to ethics or justice. 
Okay, uh, yeah, the, ju- the gospel yeah. has everything today to say about ethics and justice. Okay, it is about the kingdom of God, and it is about loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves. So it does have to do with our ethical behavior and even with our political behavior. Okay, it has implications yeah. for how we conduct our lives. But it is not just reduced to that. Because if anything, we cannot create eternal life. Even Catherine, whom I admire so greatly, cannot create (laughs) eternal life. We cannot do that on our own strength. She can. She can create a heck of a lot of things, but not that. Not not eternal life. (laughs) Okay, none of us. Not even Katie, who's another marvelous person and Wonder Woman (laughs) kind of a gal. We cannot create eternal life. Only God can do that. Um, yeah. Yes, that eternal life has implications for social, political reality and for our personal lives and our interpersonal lives as families, as congregations, etc. How we conduct ourselves, it implies that. But ultimately, eternal life is what God does. It just so mm-hmm. happens that what God does has to do with the past, the present, and the future. <laughs> and God's mm-hmm. future is this hope. I always like to say to my, my students that we live in a future hope that transforms our past so that we can live our lives differently in the present. That's what eternal life is all about, because eternal life is life in God, which is in, which encompasses past, present, and future. So the promises of God, which are promises about the future, give us a kind of certainty and clarity so we aren't just victims of whatever happens to us. We're not just victims to chaos. They also liberate yeah. us from constraints, unnecessary constraints that we create or that other people create. That's what forgiveness is all about. So eternal mm-hmm. life is all about that, okay, creating fullness of life. But ultimately, it is God who does that. It is God who does that. So it's the future breaking in to transform our past so that we can live differently now. It is not a reduction to ethics, nor is it simply pie in the sky. Hmm. That's a really beautiful formulation, Lois. I really like it. So uh, God's future transforming our past so that we can live in the present. Differently. With joy and with peace. and Yeah. And justice. That's beautiful. Yeah, and and, and it has impl- this yeah. ha- does have political implications. It has ethical implications, but it is God who brings that about in us by transforming us and healing us. We are not going to create the kingdom of God on earth. This side of the right. eschaton, so, we yeah. are not going Meaning, to be incomplete. It's right. always here, but not yet. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that uh, because I, the phrase that's been coming to mind for me besides pie in the sky is um, the now and the not yet, right? Mm. So there's this, if, you know, I'm I'm a Bible scholar, not a, a theologian in the sense of uh, systematic theology, which you are, Lois, but is it the case, so our listener wonders, you know, when did this change come about? And isn't it the case that there's, uh, you know, theology in the 20th century, they were trying to figure out is that, you know, is the kingdom of God future? Is it present? Is, you know, is the kingdom of God fulfilled in Jesus or or not? And they come, they came up with this phrase now and not yet. Is that, am I remembering that right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, a lot, well, I would say there are two shifts that took place. Um, okay. the, the first shift was actually with the Reformation where Luther Hmm. emphasizes the promises of God 
And instead of thinking about heaven simply as an afterlife, for Luther, yes, the promises of God are about life after death, but they are also promises that free us to serve the neighbor. So that for Luther, the eternal life is always given to us as a gift so that we can serve the neighbor. Do you see that connection? So Luther, in a sense, and he shifted because so much of the early church shifted to actually a kind of pagan philosophy that said that religion is about my eternal soul becoming immortal. And that's not Mm -hmm. necessarily Mm -hmm. biblical. The biblical vision of hope is always the resurrection of the body. It's always new creation. So Luther's reintroducing this whole understanding of the promises of God helped us realize that, yes, all these promises of eternal life and a future with God are for the sake of the neighbor. So we don't have to worry about justifying ourselves. We don't have to worry about being saved because God has given that as a gift. So that's one piece. The second piece, which is what you're talking about, Catherine, which is in the 20th century, starting in the 19th century, biblical scholarship began to unpack what's a biblical worldview about, you know, Mm -hmm. and what they discovered that the worldview of the Bible was actually what they call apocalyptic or eschatological, that it is about God's future breaking in now. Hmm. Does that, I don't know if that so, gets uh, at what you're getting no, at, that, Catherine. No, that yeah. does, but you're, you, so apocalyptic, that sounds scary to me. That sounds like, you know, that sounds like fire is going to come and rain down and destroy the earth and the good people get taken up and the bad people get left behind and then there's a, there's a crash, you know, like a plane crash or something. I can't remember <laughs> that movie, but um, so just talk a little bit when you use the that word term, apocalyptic right. in, in this sense. What, right. what do you mean by that? Well, there are different ways of understanding apocalyptic. And one way is how what you've just described, that kind of scary vision that God's going to zap things and all of our all, all God's enemies are going to be destroyed, etc. That's one. Sounds bad. The, but the the biblical vision of apocalyptic, you know, the word apocalyptic ask, actually has to do with revelation. Mm-hmm. And so apocalyptic, which means revelation, it means disclosure, mm-hmm. revelation. It actually means the whole question of apocalyptic is how do we discern what God is doing in our lives here and now? So it basically has to do with how do we discern how God's promises to us, which are promises about a future, which is what we've been talking about. That's what eschatological is, God's promises of the future. How do those promises actually transform our here and now? How do we, so apocalyptic is ultimately, how do we discern where the Holy Spirit is working in our lives here and now? Does that make sense? So it directly links with the kind of thing that Luther was talking about, which is how do God's promises in Jesus actually free us so that I can discern what my neighbor, who is Catherine, whose office is across from the hall for me, needs. (laughs) Does that make sense? So all this talk about eternal life, yes, it's about God's future, but ultimately it's about how do I discern how God is calling me in my vocation to serve my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that, Lois. I really like the, the 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 way that it shifts, even thinking about it in these terms, thinking about both, right, both the future and the present, um, really shifts it from the me and my salvation and what happens to me when I die, shifts the focus from that because that's taken care of, God has promised that, that's the point, 
so that now I can be focused on this life and the people around me and the the ways in which God is calling me to be a witness of that kind of promised future in the here and now. Exactly. For, the sake, of, you for don't, the sake of someone else. Exactly. But you also want to avoid the other ditch, which is right. that you'd mm-hmm. reduce all of this to ethical teaching. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it really is yeah. God's work. Yeah. It is. It is God's work. We don't bring about God's kingdom. Right. It, it's God's right. work. I think, I think that's the, the ditch that, you know, more progressive churches tend to fall in, right? right? That, yep. that right. I right. have to bring about God's kingdom. I have to do this by being perfectly just and perfectly right. whatever, you know, uh, um, uh, woke And or hating whatever. the people <laughs> right. who are unjust, right? right. Well, and, and we have to condemn and, and, you know, cast out those who are imp- who are not as pure, who right, are not right. as just, right, right, right. right. Um, um, it's 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 kind of interesting how it takes on that same sort of. I'm worried about me and my team, right? You know, on both in both ditches, right? So it's it so it's God's work. I think that's really important, and 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 there is still the hope, right? Right for life after death because. Right. Yes. Death still has a sting, right? I yes, mean, despite exactly. what Paul says in First Corinthians 15, death right. still has a sting when we lose right. someone we love, when we right. you know, lose a relationship, something like that. So that's where, particularly when someone we love dies, that's right. where that promise of eternal life, as it has you know, been traditionally more understood as life after death, uh, right. that has, it's not simply a pie in the sky by and by. It's also, it is, in fact... Real right. hope that we will right. see our loved ones again, that death does not have the final word, that we will be raised with Christ uh, right. and our loved ones as well. So, um, so yeah, that, I think that both and right. is so important to, to keep in mind uh, when we're talking about the understanding of eternal life. Yeah. And that yeah. the sting of suffering, you know, you talked about the sting of death, Catherine, and that can also relate as well to the sting of suffering that we experience. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that yeah. even in the midst of suffering and broken relationships or physical suffering, whatever the suffering might be, in the midst of that, as Paul says, God is producing an eternal weight of glory. Yeah. So that in the midst of all of that, all of that is still being taken into God's life and will be healed. Yeah. And that can be hope in the midst of despair. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, Lois, uh, you've given us a lot to think about in our listeners uh, in terms of how to think about eternal life uh, and and uh, the hope that it can give us and, the uh, again, that, that future uh, it, it, the, God's future breaking into our present and uh, healing our past. I think all of that is just really good news, really gospel. So thank you for sharing that with us today. And uh, we'll encourage our listeners to continue to send questions. We will try to address as many as we can. Uh, and if you, uh, uh, for our listeners, uh, there's lots of other material uh, at enterthebible.org. There's uh, more podcasts, there's articles, there's um, videos uh, of uh, addressing all sorts of questions about things you want to know about scripture, about the life of, uh, of Christian faith. So um, we encourage you to, to, uh, to subscribe to, to the podcast, to go to enterthebible.org, uh, and we'll see you next time.